All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. For another week of Hundred Talk, your dads care about you deeply, and that's why in your time of need, in your time of uh, uncertainty, we are here for you. Of course, we're going to pretend like nothing else is going on outside of LCS, (laughs) so be prepared for that. But we know how you're feeling about Valorant, and let's just say jobless. Everything will be okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's our valorant pod job yeah. less now we kind of have to deliver a similar message for lcs which is really weird to me mm-hmm. and i think that's going to be the crux of the whole podcast because um you know the FlyQuest loss wasn't that great yeah especially stacked with the immortals loss the previous week yeah but does it matter mm. that question and more on tonight's ish edition of Hundred Talk. So thanks for being here with us. Love seeing you all in the chat. Um, this is going to be an interesting one, I think. We're yeah. We're going to dig into one or two topics pretty deep, and then the rest we're kind of just vibing, you know? It's what we do best, Cole. Vibe and some light digging. Vibe and light digging. <laughs> uh, thank you to Elgato, of course, our streaming capture and uh, lighting provider. And shoutouts, of course, to Rip It for powering everything we do with the bold flavors. This time, there we go, camera. Red Zone. I'm in the Red Zone, Jordan. I've never had Red Zone. It's the strawberry art, natural and artificial flavors. Some natural flavors. They, they found some natural flavors to add to that one. Or did they find artificial flavors to add to that one? Depends on the marketing angle. <laughs> We, we may never know. Yeah, it's not a flavor I have that often. It's not high in my tier list, but I got the uh, the every flavor I could find variety pack at the quick sack that I stopped by. Hmm. Random quick sack that I had seen a rip it truck once at. So I was like, oh yeah, they probably have rip it. <laughs> so there you go. Cole's got a good memory for where he's seen the rip it truck. I, I well. <laughs> Not proud to admit it, but I usually pull out the phone and take a picture when I see the rip it truck. So it's a pro move. File that one away, kids. <laughs> and police <laughs> ignore it. Or F- my FBI agent yeah. is watching yeah. over me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what are we going to talk about tonight? We're going to talk, of course, about the Golden Guardians game because that looked great, even though there are a couple things that we need to point out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like it looked great. Except it kind of didn't at times, so we're going to talk about that quickly. Yeah. And the FlyQuest is like the inverse, right? Yeah. It looked bad, but it kind of wasn't Yeah. in certain ways. In other ways, it was, you know, those cool. kind of things. I blame season 12. I blame, I heavily blame season 12. We're going to get into that more. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're going to talk, of course, about Abadaga, because so much of the discussion is around him, and so many of the listener takes center on him as well, so... Again, we're going to just choose to ignore other esports for right now. Yep. So we're just going to focus in on those things. But lots lots of stuff coming your way. Jordan and I may come to blows at one point, too. Oh, You're gonna my have to gosh. Virtual blows. 
I'm not going to promise it, but I'm a gonna, duel, a good I'm old fashioned duel. Tease it. Only one co-host leaves alive. Wow, that was that's a high stakes podcast. Okay, <laughs> first let me just say, alive. I'm dubbing this split the spring of perplex perplexity. Excuse me, I kept oh. saying perplexion, and I was like, that's not a word. Perplexity is though. The spring of perplexity. Okay. All I right. Like it. Yeah. The spring of perplexity abides. It's been weird. Lock-in was weird. Every weekend's been weird in its own way. Uh, I don't think there's going to be less weirdness in the short term. Long term, we're going to stabilize. But for now, get your minds right about it. The spring of perplexity abides. The spring of perplexity. Perplexity in this case being, of course, the weird uh, back and forth nature of the team. Um, yeah. seeming to, as we pointed out on our pod, and as someone alerted me, Mark Z has been saying, uh, kind of play to the level of competition that we're facing. Interesting. Um, which is, which is weird, hmm. but it's kind of true. Um, that being said, I thought that the beginning of this weekend was a nice opportunity for us to be like, look, we know who we are. All right. Don't worry about immortals. We know who we are. Golden guardians is coming up. Yep. And my, my, did we beat them handily, Jordan? Yeah. Um, where do you want to start with this? We've got, we've got like six things that we noted on our rundown, but I'm not sure which one is the best to start off. Should we talk about what our dear kind boy was playing first? I mean, sure. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fine place to start. We haven't had great results with Someday Jace every time we've had it a couple times i remember was it against eg where he had a, a really insane play when in, on the power of evil i'm i'm remembering topside jungle and uh turned a big fight for us it was a great jace game besides that i can't remember <laughs> a single time where i was like really happy about the way jace was played and i remember some attempts yeah i mean you it's know? it's not it's not the champion that I'd say is most emblematic of someday, right? Like that's, it does not have the things in its kit that you think of when you think of someday, typically, um, you know, pretty pokey, pretty, uh, likes to stay sort of out of it, out of the middle of the fight, uh, you know, dancing around the outskirts at times, you, every once in a while thinking of someday here, he pulled out the hammer and he had this insane, <laughs> do you remember this game? It was a hammer play, like 35 minutes in, flanked yeah. he looked like an assassin he's jace assassin that's what i was talking about yeah oh, okay that's, that's the one yeah. yeah yeah no big deal um so yeah he's capable of doing that stuff but much more about mm -hmm. the the shock blasts and you know picking people off which someday doesn't it's not like what he's known for and the shock blasts in this game they were connecting mm -hmm. they it were. was it seemed like he couldn't miss for a while um he was bossing around Licorice in mm -hmm. lane, which is good to see because Licorice is one of those junglers that, or I'm sorry, top laners that kind of had like given someday trouble in the past at key times. Yes. Where we are all like really behind our top lane hero, right? Yep. And like, yeah, no, someday's best. He's going to, you know, he's not going to have problems. And then Licorice comes along or Impact comes along. And it's like, they're not better, but they just, 
slow him down and frustrate it and solo kill him and yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> really, really unfortunate times. Yep. We got no such place in this. In fact, someday was the one doing the so, so low killing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a very beautiful thing to see someday in this game. Definitely continuing MVP form. I'm pushing for it already. We're about halfway through the round Robin almost after next week. It's like almost through the halfway round Robin. Yeah. Him and Bwipo, he probably two leading candidates at this point, but he should be taken very seriously right now. Yeah, he looks so good. He looks so good. Even in the games where we falter, he continues to look good. He's, I mean, in my mind, he's on a similar level as, as Closer. Um, so far as his, his impact on the games, what he brings to the team, um, and I think just think how reliably he has performed, you know, um, closer this yeah that won't go to closer fully but it's like they're both showing us different dimensions of their ability to take over a specific part of the game um, and in this case it was with the the poke and the lane aggression and you know like there were multiple times where we went up and we just saw if, if you could even call it a trade it was just someday absolutely chunking licorice out there's really no opportunity for him to try to clap back um, and in that one case, he flashed forward for the kill. He was feeling himself in the top lane. You could tell uh, it was going to be one of those games from someday. Yeah, and, and the the build, whatever the build was, because I don't I don't track builds closely. Like I'm too dumb mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, but I I've known in the past when someday's been on Jakes and the shock blast hit. It's like, huh, I just didn't do the damage <laughs> that I was kind of expecting. Right? right? <laughs> Not yeah. the case. Whatever he was building this time, very good. Good yeah. job, kind boy. Well, I think it was Good. it was also the fact that he was just hitting his spikes earlier. Um, and so, you know, kind of no matter what, he was going to be a dan- a threat, right? He had yeah. uh, he had enough stuff in his inventory that you had to be watching for the shock blasts and they moved yeah. pretty quickly. And, you know, it's good to, good to lead off talking about someday because, you know, the flight check just got done with their podcast this week. Their, uh, their we want to gloat about winning against 100 Thieves, which mm-hmm. you guys earned it. I'd be doing the same thing if I was you. <laughs> but Curly on the pod said that he thought the most sus player on under T this split is someday. What? To which I said, you obviously are not watching League of Legends in North America this split. Yeah. I don't know what he's watching, just Ikebana videos or whatever, whatever FlyQuest <laughs> is into. But I just needed to call the boy out. Yeah, I don't know. Because that, that is insane, man. <laughs> Curly. I know you want to I know you want to beef. I know you want to banter. Let's not get too crazy. Let's not let's not lose our minds here. But it's all love. It's all love. Like the Olympics. Everybody doing that. <laughs> and thanks for the sub. Um, someday. Balled out of control on this. An example. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but there were a couple times where the game got a little dicey. Actually, there was a there was a bot lane play where FBI barely got out, and we turned it for like a double kill. Yep. Um, there was an early herald, I think, around 10, 11 minutes, something like that. Uh, wow, his own podcast disowning him in the comments, uh, in the chat. <laughs> uh, there were there there was a herald herald take that GG started and it was just a weird long play where there yeah. was a fight. Yep. And I don't remember exactly what happened. Like, I don't know if we gave over a kill first 
I feel like I feel like Golden Guardian's got a kill off of us. Someday turned around toward back towards the Herald when it was at like 900 HP or something. Yeah. And there were two on there, right? And I think I think it was um I think it was Licorice and Pride Stalker that were yeah, on the that Herald. Right. And he went in 1v2 and somehow took back the Herald. Yeah. Pushed him off and closer finished it off. That was an incredibly important play because that game could have looked a lot different after that. If they get the Herald um, and a kill like that could have looked a lot different someday single handedly turned that for us. Um, So I'm very, I'm very happy. He's in his MVP candidate form right now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause could you, could you imagine if we like struggled against golden gardens, even if we got the win struggled against him and then turned around and dropped fly quest. Like, this uh, it would be much more of an alarmist podcast that we'd have to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, one step back. Golden Guardians is two and two going into this game, right? If I'm not mistaken, they were two and two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's not like they can't I win a game. I don't think they beat anyone of note in those two games. Yeah, the previous they're week. still that correct. They're still Golden Guardians, but um, you know, they, I feel like this is a. The, Cole, we are not the only ones experiencing the spring of perplexity. Um, <laughs> it is kind of everywhere, I would say. Uh, you know, not to get into it, but like C nine <laughs> is are, there are there are some teams right. that will go unnamed that are having some we, weirdness. We should say, you know, it's not like they're TSM, so we should you know not expect that it's going to be an absolutely free game. Um, although apparently TSM's changes worked, so think about that. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a weird game, and I think uh, it, I don't know, man. It, there there are some things going on that I know we'll get into um, that I think may be contributing to that. But the the one thing that felt true to me in this game, and this was nice because we needed a bounce back game. It felt to me like a team diff. Like every time, it was one of those games where observer is just panning. To different scenes of disaster for Golden Guardians fans, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and here, quick, head to the top lane where you know it's, Licorice is getting he's getting chunked out to like twenty percent health after one combo. It's and, like the montage of the 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 final fight in the movie where the bad guys are winning. You know, yeah, and it's just yes. like back and forth in slow motion, like the guys' looks of anguish on their faces. Uh-huh. You know, they watch their troops being killed or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. It was that. So. And it was kind of like, I mean, I think they, they, they had a couple of, of shots early. Um, like they tried a couple of things, credit to them, but we, we, uh, we made it happen. And I think it was largely just because we were able to outplay them in, it seemed like every position across the map. So, uh, that was big for me and it was good to see that because I think we needed that. We, we need that kind of, um, you know, demonstration of what we can do. Um, so yeah, it, it felt like that. And and here's the weird thing. Usually in games like that, where we get though that montage at around eight minutes, eight to ten minute window, um, the snowball starts and it's rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, and there's no turning back. And it really doesn't, you know, there is no opportunity for teams to un um unlose the game from there because it's gone. Yeah. It's just a right. matter of time. And I think this is where we need to talk about why why that wasn't the case. And I've, I've wondered like the concern you have 
is that it's because we don't have the killer instinct. We can't close out games, right? We don't have the ability to uh, kind of go for the throat, right? Like Which got has them. been a past criticism exactly. of the team. And, and it can be a really big problem when you have, you know, it's, it's a very common problem for great teams. Thinking about TL from last year, right? That was kind of always the thing. Yeah. Like they've got this lead, they're doing nothing with it. So I, I was wondering about that for us. Um, you know, kind of in this game as well. Like you look at the Herald play, uh, there was a Baron fight later on where I think we were 4v5 for at least a good part of it. And we end up getting it via steel. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think that was 4v5. At closer, first, there was a TP that came in, but. Yeah, exactly. It was Abadaga TPing in kind of toward like the three quarter mark of the fight. Um, but Abadaga, or Closer got the steal. So we managed to, to take that. And then we got, I think, three, maybe three or four. And the game was kind of over from that point. Um, but that's another one of those fights where it's like, this could have gone way differently. This could have gone way differently. And, and it, if we didn't play it as well as we did, it probably would have gone differently, right? Either if Closer didn't secure the steal, which is a pretty coin flippy play. Yeah, he and Pride Soccer were the same level at the time of that, which yeah. I couldn't believe. I was like, wait, what? How are they the same <laughs> level? But they were. Yeah. So, you know, all of those things added up. It's like, man, and I think that's what you're saying, right? When you started talking about this game, it was like, it looked great, but there were some things where you pause and you go, what, what exactly? How did we find ourselves here? Is it because we misplayed this in some way? Um, and do you have an idea, Cole? Do you have any, any proposal? I mean, I, I know one thing that is at least a mildly contributing factor and that we could, we could debate how much of a factor it is. Yeah. And we could do that during, like we could do that partially now and partially for the other game too. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know if you want to go there. I sense, you know what I'm talking about. I, I got to just call out and I see in chat, um, Kale's mentioning a rift and two towers, the whole game. And I think the final kill score was like three to something. If I'm not mistaken, like they didn't have a lot of kills. The game felt too close to me it based did. on those couple of facts. Uh, we were ahead CS everywhere. It's not like we were getting mega gapped in CS. I think, I think there was maybe their jungle was up CS on us, uh, which is probably the level thing. Like that's how they managed to do that. Is yeah, just did some power farming. Um, I got to tell you, I was watching. I was watching. There's this one stretch where they get a couple of their towers, the two towers they get, and they're picking up objective gold from these things, and they get. And this is going to come as a not surprise to a lot of people, and they're going to say you didn't know this, Cole. I didn't know if you know this. They've added gold to the top and bottom tier two towers. You mean for the objective bounties, right? No. Just aside from objective bounties, they're worth a lot of gold. What? Yeah. This is the first time they've ever said anything about that. I know. <laughs> but they also added objective bounties. Do you know how much gold they got? You do know. For the tier two top tower, they got 1.2K gold. <laughs> 1.2K. It went from like a, a, I think it was a 3.7K gold lead to a Here, two, have a zeal item. <laughs> to a 2.5K gold. And I mean, that feels like a lot of gold. That is, that is, a, that is, and here's the, here's the thing I got to say, and I'll, and then we can discuss this a little bit. In, in other games, when they do these kinds of changes, right? They'll, I'm trying to think, I thought of a, a traditional sports metaphor that I thought was just perfect. Like they'll move 
a line. I thought you were gonna say, and then I forgot it. No, I've got I've got one. There's there, you'll be able to tell me about one because you know traditional sports. They'll make a minor adjustment. They'll change the distance of they'll change the uh, the distance of the pitching mound to home plate by three inches, and they'll say this will result in eighty five more home runs. <laughs> and they'll know they'll know because yeah. they they can they can calculate it out exactly. So they know this stuff. They can move the you know like they'll they'll adjust like the three point line and say shooting percentages will go down two point seven percent. We think this will help to balance yeah. the game. Teams will will reduce their three point attempts by yeah. two point five on exactly. average. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get objective bounties, and it's like we're going to give Golden Guardians an extra one point two k gold periodically throughout the game, and we're not really sure what's going to happen, but we think it's probably going to make for a better game. I don't know if we're sure about that. It's it seems like when you're making decisions based on making normal players enjoy their games because they can come back easier instead of like thinking about the pro game. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It I hate to say it, but like this season, here's what they added. Hex Tech Dragon. Fart Drake. Fart Drake. We know what happened to Fart Drake. <laughs> they patched out Fart yeah. Drake. Right they realized away. that was a horrible idea. Teleport change and objective bounty. There's basically two standing. I think they just missed. I think they just missed. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to eyeball chat. I believe I've heard that they're having to nerf significantly objective bounties in part to address the scourge that is top lane smite which is being enabled by objective bounties. All this to say, Golden Guardians rolls into some of these fights stronger than they have any right to be. I'm just going to put it out there. There's no way that they should show up and be able to almost beat us when we've been beating them the whole game. It just feels completely whack to me. It feels so backwards, dude. Yeah. And it's not like we're not playing like picks that are strong too, because it's like we've got... In this game, we've got FBI on Jinx. We've got Corky, right? We've got um, Arcane Champ Jace, right? Yeah, it's Arcane, like we've got yeah. some damage dealers. We got some OP picks on our side. Yeah, I mean they've got Philios. Zinjao has been uh, overtuned for a while. Zillion in mid, a, a very behind Zillion, right? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody was behind on them, like. Yeah, it was just, it was yeah. weird. It, it definitely felt closer than it should be. And I can't attribute that to anything else because it's like, we had good champs. Yes. I don't think you need to like create comeback mode for <laughs> pros. I, I agree. Do you remember you midway mode in Nintendo 64 yes, games? Yes, It's like, okay, like, uh, yes, all right. I, yeah. I'm playing Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey and I'm up 3-0 and now the computer will not let me have the puck until it's 3-3. Yeah, it's horrible. You don't need to have that. It's you just not don't. Fun. And of course, we're on the losing end of it, right? So we're, you know, we're the the bitter ones, the salty ones. Um, it's, well, talking about the FlyQuest game, at least. Yeah. In, in this, we were able to hold it off, but it's still just it feels, it feels like a little much. It feels yeah. like a little much. Well, and and here's the thing. I think it's easy to look at it and say it's an extra four hundred gold spread across five players. But like I said, with the moving the moving the wall in a baseball stadium, park field, whatever they call it. It's, it's going to change the outcome of specific, a specific number of games. 
moving the pitching mound, right? You're going to have that many more strikeouts. You're going to have, when you do objective bounty goal like this, and especially, that's one turn. They got two objective bounties back to back. First, tier one, and tier two. There are people with the items that they wouldn't have, even if it's just a longsword. It could be people with a full item that they wouldn't have otherwise had in a fight. That will happen. That can swing a game. That can absolutely swing a game. And it's not like we never had comebacks before. Yeah. It's not like teams it. didn't claw back before. But yeah, yeah. it was it was a lot more uh a, a lot more meritocratic, right? <laughs> like I yeah, I I get that you want excitement, but dang man, that just seems it's like, well, what's the point of like getting out to such a lead if they're going to reduce the effectiveness of that lead? Yeah. Is it better to toe the line and like not have objective bounties activated? Right. You're gonna get that. You're gonna get which is this that's got all that's it's stupid bad, look yeah. we're probably overreacting to it but it definitely feels bad yeah and people who play the game because you know i'm not one of those no idiots <laughs> people who play the game have told me that it that it feels bad too you know so it's yeah. like if if everybody can sense that then well and here's, got a here's the other thing that i think is and again like you know th- this this is probably starting to feel like we're that i'm whining or whatever but I just think from a, a pure a pure gameplay perspective, it's not what I want. If I'm going to lose the game, I want to lose it and, you know, own that. Like, don't give me a mechanic to try to rubber band me back into the games. It's not earned or deserved. And maybe this is their way of saying, like, these bottom five teams, they're not going to earn their way to these games with the roster spend. So let's see what else we can do. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's totally made not in the context of pro. So, yeah, right, right. How do you make it? Yeah, but it, it's. The other thing that is, I think, a huge problem, and that maybe they'll come up with a way to fix, is you share that gold across the team. It's it has no. You could have the richest player in the game. That player still gets bonus gold. So, if you have a hyper carry, if you have, you know, if you have one of these scaling champs who is already doing great and collecting turret plates by their you know solo turret gold, they're just getting richer, and you know. The, the last thing you want to have is for a champion who is already having a good game to have a better game because their team is behind, especially if it's like an artificially behind thing, like a Janna or something. So, yeah, I don't know. It now, just feels weird. It does feel weird. It feels bad. So thankfully though, in this game, there was enough of a team diff, like you pointed out for it not to end up mattering. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, golden guardians was golden guardians and we won handily despite it being closer than it should have been. Um, whatever. Yeah. Okay. It just, it feels like closer bailed him out. Honestly, it did with, with the steel. Smite. Yeah. With the smite steel. Like if he doesn't get yeah. that, <laughs> it could be a different game for yeah. sure. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully we pulled it out, but then we went on fly quest mm. and that was a different sort of game. Now I knew Something was up. I knew something was going to happen. There's a couple reasons for this. One is, I know whenever I feel confident enough to start bantering with the rival, mm-hmm. that the good Lord is going to make sure that I lose and learn a lesson. So when me and flight check guys were, were going back and forth, yeah, I, that should have been my first sign. My second sign is, you know, I'm just hanging out before the game starts and I'm like poking around on YouTube, on Twitter, whatever. And I see that uh, 
Trisha did an Ikebana dedication video for Under Thieves. And I was like, oh, what is this? Because I hadn't seen any of these before. Yeah. And I tuned into it. And Jordan, what did I see? Watch your screen. What did I see? Under Thieves Ikebana dedication. I should have seen this coming. This is a, this is a screen cap from it. All right. I took a little screenshot at just the right moment. Yeah. It's like one frame. This is the giveaway. Yeah. Very we clear. have been Ikebana dedication cursed by Trisha. You wouldn't suspect it because she's such a nice human being. Just arranging some flowers peacefully. Mm-hmm. I was ready to subscribe. I was, I was pulling for <laughs> Trisha to have her own channel where she does this. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to turn this on and fall asleep to it every night. Mm-hmm. But alas... The Ikebana curse was upon us. It was going to unseat the drywall videos. Oh, the drywall videos are good, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, so let's talk about this game. This, let's talk about this stupid game. <laughs> okay. It was pretty stupid. We were fairly in control for most of it, right? It was like... Early game was was very even from what I'm remembering. I just I blocked out so much of this game. We had we had a nice bot lane dive, right? Mm-hmm. And hey, the bot lane di- dives have been back and working for us. That's awesome. Congratulations on them. Figure out a way to do it without the unleashed teleport. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the the again the someday synergy with closer up top the top lane ganks popping for sure. So the dives in general. Are looking it looked strong. good. Yeah. Right? Looked good. Uh, we, we held it even for a while, and then it starts creeping up. You know, you get to 10 minutes, like, oh, yeah, we got, like, 1,000 gold lead. Then some things happen, and by, like, 15 minutes in, all of a sudden, we're up, like, 4K. Yeah. Feeling very comfortable, because it seemed like everything was just going in, in the way that we wanted it to. Thank you to Trisha for the wonderful Ikebana dedication. <laughs> she blessed us. We have us. taken that, and in its spirit, we are performing at our best. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? I honestly don't even know. What happened? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, several things happened over the course of the rest of the game, I guess is the, the technical answer. Um, <laughs> I, 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 there are a couple of ways we could go. We could attack this one. Um, is there a thing that you want to talk? Do you feel no? I just held to talk about most. Uh, let's. I mean, we I, can t- I can take you somewhere if you want to go there. Take me somewhere. I've got I've got a secondary topic that I want to okay. I want to run with after years. All right. So I got to talk about the um, the comp. I'm gonna start with the comp, and I'm gonna start specifically with a few pieces of their comp. They got the the Vager, they got the Trindamir, and they got the Hecarim, and. I think for me, it, it feels, this is, this is a, maybe this is a new entry in the, this could be a thing series, Cole. <laughs> um, that feels like a more meta forward comp to me. It does. And gosh darn it, if I don't hate being beaten by a more meta forward comp. Um, it, it, they had, there were just so many instances in this game where it felt like they had the the answer to the uh, the puzzle, right? I'm thinking, uh, and I'll kind of I'll I'll list some of them out to you. Um, obviously, the, the Vega Cage was just a, an absolute nightmare, and yeah, and uh, 
Vega in general was a huge problem for us. We could not answer. Um, so there were a couple of plays he made where he single-handedly turned those fights. I think Takui is looking really good. Um, that dude is a player. So that's the Vega. The Trindamir, it was interesting. They talked about this Trindamir. They're like, and, and when we saw the, um, the Trindamir in Someday's hands, one, we loved it. Two, it was very effective. Three, the other team didn't have an answer for it. And four, we played as a split pusher, primarily, right? I mean, it was, yeah. it was just there um, on that side of the map always being a problem. This and the, and the and the the broadcast made a specific point to talk about how he's like not a team fighting champion, and that if you find yourself in a team fight on the Trinity, watch out because it's it's you're you're in a bad spot, and it's like, um, he he was an assassin, he yeah, <laughs> like he showed up and he killed in the people. true sense yeah. yeah he 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 flanked like he he hundred to zeroed Abadaga before anything else could happen. In a team fight, this, there's one in mid where he just he just jumps out of a bush, basically takes him out, pops his undying rage, and then eventually dies like a few seconds later. But the damage is done; the fight's over. Um, and then another time around the Rift Herald or a uh, Baron, I think it was, where he he's just he's he got like two or three kills, and yeah, he died. But who cares at that point, right? He's yeah. So you know, damage already done. As Curly's yeah. point out, he's like three three autos like killed i'm talking like yeah it didn't take much okay. you, hit it, you get the hits the, the crits hitting and then that's all she wrote um and the heck room man and so wait can i talk about can i say something about trindamir also yeah 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 because honestly like so we we obviously knew that's a thing because someday played it and destroyed with it right someday actually did a super good job keeping him in check as long as possible I mean, Kuma like wasn't threatening for a while, you know, and that's pretty impressive with Trinamir. I mean, we, someday was like taking tier three turret at eight minutes or something when he played Trinamir. Yeah, this was this was wild. This was like like someday really did as much as he possibly could to slow down that pick, and it didn't end up mattering at all. Like, mm-hmm. what more do you want someday to do in lane there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. I just don't think they're it's like I think the equivalent is hey we got to make sure that Nocturne doesn't turn off the lights how do we do that like you, you could quit yeah. the game <laughs> you could right. try quitting the game he you know unless don't you let have, him get level six I, I guess unless you have so much you know point and click CC that you can just neutral I'm sure there are ways to around this we didn't have it in our composition you know there's no way that we stop him from doing what he had yeah, he intended to do when he got into these fights, and so he did it. Um, any any other thoughts? I think that for the comp side of it, that's basically what I had to say. Is this comp was, and then you just look at ours, right? Look at our comp, and I'm going to see. Usually, there it's somewhere in the notes here, I believe. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll read you who we had: um, Nar, Trundle, Corky, Aphelios, Leona. Which season are we in? That's the, the trivia <laughs> game that we're playing. Which Every season, season Jordan. <laughs> any season. Cole, pick a season. I think Aphelios aside, this could be like, you know, this could be the rewind comp. And I get it because I, I agree it doesn't seem like a, a very meta comp from us, but it seems like a comp that's very solid and wins. It's it's solid and it's it's not. It's like, not I'm like not, it's not like FBI Aphelios wasn't strong. For sure, he was strong. For sure. I think that the point for me is 
and I made this point last week. I'll continue to make it. It feels like we just went the most like the most safe standard vanilla comp you can get, and you can say this is a powerful team with a a pretty easy to execute composition. And for me, I think we're getting to the point where I just got to ask: Are we not picking the so? I think there. I've said this before. I think there are valid reasons to play a safe comp, right? Like I'm not saying that you got to be you got you, you don't have to tip all the way to the scale. You don't have to be cloud nine and play so wacky that you fire your own coach. Like I'm not saying that that's what you should aim for, um, but at some point it becomes possible for other teams like FlyQuest to do this, which is yeah. draft a composition, Vega being used more widely now as a, ca- a lane counter against Corky. Um, Trindamir with the, the ability to dive, we don't have a ton of... I mean, like, we've got the the Leona ult, which is named something about sun, shine. Solar, solar, solar flare. Solar eclipse, whatever. Um, you know, so we just didn't have, like... I think they just they just got a really good comp into us. Yeah, harder to execute. And yeah, if, if your mid laner is trolling then you're gonna lose hard uh but he wasn't and they didn't and i think that's kind of what comes at. the dude had so much so many stacks he had so many stacks because the it, game went on really long yeah and he, at one point he had like over a thousand ap so it doesn't matter you can't unless you can buy another item slot and put more mr in it, it doesn't matter like you're you're not gonna withstand it it's a nice reminder it was a 43 minute game yeah that's a long game of league of legends and the gold lead flipped back in their favor at minute 28. So think about that for a minute. That means 15 minutes with their hyperscaling that we actually were still keeping things alive. This is what I think is lost in that game is there were a couple things we did to actually give us hope to stall things out, to make it yeah. look like, okay, we're going to take the reins back in this one. One of them being the play around Baron, um, where, like, I don't know. I don't even remember how we're able to turn a fight. Abadaga go, he flash pursues his quirky by himself to clean up a couple mm-hmm. kills on the backside of it. Yeah. And they were like incredibly crucial kills and yeah. really slowed the pace of the game. Yeah. There were two fights that we won when things were kind of like looking like, Oh no, they're spiraling out of control where we actually stayed in this. And so it kind of feels like hands wise, we still just are better, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's kind of frustrating. Like, we were able to extend the game despite things like having the Vega scaling. And I don't know. I, it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to not come away from that game feeling like, oh man, this was a total horrible loss. But built a massive gold lead. Objective bounties happened. Some mistakes were made also. Mm-hmm some comp things from them that were just really good and smart. And we still made it a 43 minute game and we still almost pulled it off. I mean, the last fight was very, could have gone very different. We've got like a, a a solar flare flash E from who he's like desperate to like line up to kill maybe just a little bit ahead of where everybody is, you know, so that, so the pursuit's just a tiny bit slow. We've got a messy, scattered fight. Lots of people getting away with like no health bars or getting their GAs popped or whatever, right? We've got Johnson 
firing off a mega death rocket and getting a double kill off of it with the splash damage because you know things were so tight and it's like it's it's and Takui did an excellent job in that last fight too with the cage and the yeah. I think did he did he stop watch that did he zone you something he zoned at a good a time he he hit a uh, um your active item does a root if you get them right in the middle and I can't think of the name winter's glare I'll call it uh, that's probably not it. Um, but anyhow, yeah, Everfrost, thank you. Um, yeah, he, he, he hit everything he needed to in that fight. He got the cage, he got the W, he got the, the Everfrost, he got and the Zonias, he got the ult. So it was really close to actually being us win the fight and win the game, yep. is, is, my, is my point. So I don't... And then all of this to a team who's 5-1 and one and tied at the top of the stand. Yeah. yeah. And it looks good. I mean, so FlyQuest, they, they, they look good. No matter how much... We made fun of them earlier. They look good. Yeah. And Takui and Jose Diodo, the reasons why, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're playing very well. So I don't I just don't think the loss is that bad. And and I I I do feel bad about it. I do feel like, dang, I can't believe we lost that after we built such a big lead or whatever, and how you know, and how we had played against Golden Guardians. But at the same time, it's like, is it really that terrible? that were four and two with a loss to a first place team. Maybe looking like our meta raids a little bit behind. I don't know. It just, yeah. it just does. It seem like that critical of a thing to me. So I was surprised at the reaction to this game because there were a, a lot of people <laughs> in my mentions making it seem like this, this loss was a very, very big deal. Yeah. I don't know. What's your panic level about this? It's not. It's not panic. Um, Let's not forget the Ikebana curse, by the way. <laughs> we got cursed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you're... I think there, there, there are some things that I'm sure contribute to people's panic level. One, they're expecting us to be the same unbeatable team that we were in the finals of, of you know, summer last year. That's fair. I honestly think that's fair. And that contributes to it, right? Where it's like... and, and we kind of had a similar arc with Valorant and this is not the Valorant podcast or show, but you, when you hit that level of performance, you, the bar changes. And, yeah. and I think the, here's the thing for FlyQuest fans to, to recognize, um, you can be good for a while and people won't respect you. You can be good for a long time and people won't respect you. Uh, I think on the, on the broadcast, somebody said that you, you know, uh, FlyQuest, maybe it was, maybe it was maybe chat. I can't remember. Sorry, Jad, if it wasn't you. Somebody said, you, like, once FlyQuest, FlyQuest is 8-2 and two is when they'll start to respect yeah, the them. Yeah, Jad was saying Jet. that, yeah. So, and didn't they go to, like, a couple finals? Yeah, FlyQuest has been to Worlds. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's FlyQuest at the same right? time. Right, am, am I... Right, Curly? <laughs> right, Knox? Right, Sandy? All right, I guess, uh... Yeah. Did FlyQuest go to Worlds? Am I misremembering yeah. that? They yeah. went to Worlds 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard people, to get the respect for sure. It's it's FlyQuest. It's not it's not the logo's not black and white or blue, and that's right. going to have that's probably the biggest thing right now is that people assume that because it's not this is a panic inducing moment. Um, when I think that really the 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 community is largely undervaluing the changes that FlyQuest has made. Obviously, they're working well. And I think just a lot of the, uh, 
know, the ingenuity that they're bringing um, to these games. So um, for me, that's that's a big reason that I'm not panicked. And look, here's the other thing. Everybody complains about this, right? Spring doesn't matter. Spring doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't matter. If you start panicking when it at this point in the split, then either you've forgotten the tweet you made three weeks ago complaining that spring doesn't matter, and now you want to you know go nuclear to try to I don't know what like <laughs> I don't know what your objective is at this point. It's too early because I think that the way it is structured, spring is less important. And unless you truly believe, unless you're at the point, and I don't think you should be, that this roster can't compete both for spring, but some are more importantly, then you really shouldn't be doing anything at this point that would be rash. Um, And there's a whole range of things you could do which would be rash. I haven't been paying close attention to the mentions, so Cole, you can uh, confirm if people are calling for like changes to be made. Oh, yeah, we're getting into that right now. So that's probably where we're headed. But that's rash. That's where I'm thinking. <laughs> it's a good reminder though, because we're three weeks into the season. We're four and two in second place with uh wins against TL and EG, right? It's like I don't know. It's not that bad of a result. I, I'm fine being in that position, like one game behind. Yeah. Three weeks into the spring split. But a lot of people are not. Now <laughs> So I'm going to toss out just a bunch of listener takes about the same thing. That's going to take us into what I, what I think is like our main topic tonight. Yep. And so if you have anything else, if you want to do your thing about one more thing about FlyQuest. Oh, um, let me just check. Let me just check. <laughs> you know, I got to check. Um, I will just say this. Uh, we, we talked about objective bounty gold. I think there is a, perfectly fine mechanic built already into this game league of legends that is not the the developers trying to find a way to make games more competitive and it's vagar's passive so you can have a gold lead against vagar i don't know how you you count the value of the like free 500 ap he has or whatever so that gold lead feels like that gold lead was i'm pretty sure uh if you were to to quantify that with items it was probably negative before a lot sooner than it looked like it was <laughs> yeah it's like kind of like the orn gold bonus right exactly through the items yep yep okay well let me uh let me read some of these some of these takes that are that are going to tee us up for our next discussion because everybody wants to point the finger at somebody jordan mm-hmm. and currently he wanted to point that finger right at someday but most people want to point it at someone else <laughs> Um, one sec, one sec. I'm pulling them up. JC 101. Shout out JC 101. Always sends a take. Love that guy. Says, hot take. Maybe we should utilize the six-man roster and have tenacity sub in for Abadaga. Bamatide. <laughs> Question. <laughs> if you could change one piece of this team, why is it Abadaga? Switchbox. <laughs> Ava is needing checked on. I'm actually so mad how much he's underperforming. <laughs> okay? That's some of the that's that's a sampling of uh of, of what we're getting about Abadaga. We had a long conversation about like, is Abadaga doing his job? Right? We have to revisit this topic 
But this time we're going to take a, a different angle on this. We're going to do different perspective, right? Here's what I'll say. And I said this before too. I test wise, I agree that Abadaga is not as sharp as I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. I test wise, it's like, it just looks not as clean, not as stable. Mm-hmm. That's the eye test. And I wanted tonight to talk about the statistics, Ooh. right? Statistics aren't everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going out on the record. I test wise. Yeah. It doesn't look as good, but what do the statistics say? Now, Jordan, to frame this conversation, uh, how, how in your mind, like, how do you think Abdaga played during playoffs for LCS last, uh, last year? You're testing my memory here, but I, I don't remember having any issues. <clears throat> do you think he played like, well, it was like, yeah, <clears throat> everything's firing. Abadaga's looking good. Um, I mean, playoffs was a little up and down. So I'm sure there were, there were mixed reviews, but yes, I think my memory is well. He played, I think he played well. Who were we concerned about playoff time? Someday. Someday. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You guys remember talking about someday all the time? Yep. I'm t- I, I, my memory of this, Abadaga wasn't the problem during playoffs. Nope. Okay. Now, we're dealing with a small sample size for spring 2022, but playoffs is kind of a small sample size as well. So I figured, let's, let's check on Abadaga between these two, uh, these, these two segments of play. Okay. So 2022 spring split versus um, 2021 LCS playoffs. Okay. Now, <clears throat> he is, let me see how to phrase this. Right now, hold on, I'm sorry. I think I wrote this backwards. Uh-oh, the stats are corrupt. Okay, let's talk about his stats right now. Okay. Okay? So, as of right now, over the, the six games that he's played regular season, which, again, small sample size, I know that. We're just going to go off of that now. We talked about the eye test already. Kills among mid laners. These are all stats among mid laners, okay? Mm-hmm. kills he's in third place one behind second place with 19 kills okay okay deaths which is probably the biggest issue right people's abadag is getting caught out which is true i think i think it's true we'll we'll talk more about it he's third in deaths so that is pretty high um one behind second place in fact with 15 deaths so far golf rules apply you don't want to be number one you want to have right. the lowest deaths. Score. Yes, yes. So in in this case, he has the third most deaths yeah. among mid laners. Mm-hmm. Yep. KDA, fifth place at four point one, four point one. Remember that death share. So that's like that's like of your team's deaths. Mm-hmm. How many of them are you? Or you're responsible for right? Uh, he's in first place among mid laners with death share thirty point six percent. And that's by quite a bit. The second place is 24.1%. Okay, so he's got a 6% lead on second place. So wait, meaning he has 30% of the team's deaths. He has the most percent of the team's and deaths the of any mid laner. Highest percentage yep. of okay. the, the whole team's deaths among mid laners. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Gold differential at 10. He is in fourth place. 
a virtual tie for third place. So he's like five gold behind third place. Okay. Uh, XP at 10, he's seventh. So very middling there with experience. Uh, CSD at 10, he's in fourth place. CS per minute, he's tied for fourth place. Um, so, you know, that's pretty close too. Damage per minute. He is in second place. 591 damage per minute. Um, he actually was in first place until Takui took it over by a little bit this past weekend. He had some high damage games. Damage share among the team. So again, of your team's total damage, um, he's in fourth place with 28.8%. And an earn gold per minute. So that's gold disregarding like auto gold generation from some champions and yeah. everything, right? It's like, how much gold are you actually responsible for earning? He's in first place. Hmm. All right, 308 earned gold per minute. Okay, those are his stats for right now. Okay. So comparing that to his 2021 playoffs run where he played well, got the championship, was not the player we were concerned about. And let me just add one thing there. You might now try to do revisions history, not you specifically, you, a general term. I don't, I don't recall anybody calling for him to be replaced at, in playoffs last year. That's probably the most important point. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 And that's the point I'm, I'm going to no one, no one was like, yeah, like we got it. Like Abadag is just not it. Okay. So going back to, uh, 2021 playoffs, he is about almost virtually the same on kills. <clears throat> All right. Actually has like a little bit less deaths. Um, but his he has less less assists as well. So his KDA has gone down by 0.4 from then to now. Okay. He's down 0.4. All right. Mm -hmm. Every laning stat is better. Every laning stat is better. Now? He is bet yes, now. From playoffs to now, every laning stat is better. His damage per minute and damage share, both are better now than then. Mm -hmm. And he has more earned gold per minute. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> what do you think the difference in counterpick rate for him is? If you had to just pull that out of your head, what would you think he's doing on counterpick rate? So how many times he's given counterpick during draft? Ooh, a low number of times. 10%. So you think right now he's at 10% or during playoffs he's at 10%? Right now. What about during playoffs? 30%. Okay. Playoffs. Counterpick percent. 65%. Higher. Okay. Current. Counterpick rate. Zero. He oh. has never had a counterpick. Hmm. So we're looking at somebody who has held <laughs> their KDA. They have basically, because it's down 0.4, but it's like virtually the same. 0.4 All these leading stats nothing. are better. But yes, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like 10%. Yeah. D but no, like zero, zero counterpick. Oh, right? yeah. He has yeah. been, he has been counterpicked every time. Mm -hmm. His laning stats, the things that maybe counterpick would matter most for. Right. Are all up. His damage is up. We are not even trying to play through him. Yeah. So what is the goal here? Mm -hmm. If we were fine with mm -hmm. him in playoffs, when we gave him 65% counterpick and he gave worse laning performance and basically the same other performance, what, like what are, what are we saying? We won a championship with worse performance back then. Yeah. 
That's meaningful to me. Zero percent counterpick versus sixty-five percent counterpick is very meaningful to me. Yeah. No. Inarguably. And I think most of his stats, it's like he is, he is like the top of the middle tier, have been given no priority, right, by the team, no emphasis by the team. So, if if all your takeaway is is that like in lane he's fine. I'm still good with that because that means like, what are we going to do if you want, if you want Abadaga replaced, who do you want to replace him for? Let's remind everybody. He was the one player that was changed from spring to summer. We got a championship with that one change. All right. Reaper makes a difference too, but on the rift, he was the one player that made a change. Why, why are we so convinced that Abadaga is bad? He's got, He's got one problem, and it's not a negligible problem, all right? And that is, he is getting caught out and killed more than he should. That's it. I just don't see, like, that meaning he needs to be replaced. But I am, I am finding myself in the minority. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> to I, me, especially the counterpick thing, I was like, okay, so he's playing from a disadvantaged position the whole time. And he's, he's doing basically better. Yeah. Here, here's where stats get tricky. Um, and and Darkuth, I look for jungle presence. There's still no one that, I'm, that I know of that makes that public other than Riot advanced stats, which are you have to have access to. Um, I, I will make my position clear before I say anything. And it's that I don't think we should change Abadaga. I don't, I, there's no world in which yeah, I think that's sure. the right move for the team. So I, I cannot make the, the argument from a place of my own personal conviction. That being said, uh, I'll do my best. Um, stats, tricky. You've got counterpick. You can't get counterpick if you are in like the first round of picks, right? So if you are rushing your pick to the front of the line to get a high priority pick. I've seen Corky come through usually in the first two or three picks, it looks like lately. So that stat for me is a little bit shaky just because sometimes your strategy is to grab that power pick before the other team can. Okay, but but by doing that, you set yourself up to be hard countered. For and sure. The point is, the point is in lane, especially, he's actually doing better than last year despite. <laughs> being hard countered every time. Yeah. yeah and I think it's not lane, like there's one great mid lane pick. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I really do think it comes down to is getting caught out. And that, that is another one that's hard to quantify. Everything in this game is hard to quantify. Yeah. It matters. I don't want to say that doesn't matter. It matters for sure. It matters. And, uh, dying at five minutes because you are being ganked by the jungler and the support is different than dying at 25 minutes before the soul point dragon comes up. And both have happened. Yeah. And both have happened. And, and that's, so the numbers don't tell the whole story. I think for me, it's, it's people are reacting to the fact like the, the, and this is the thing that's tough. Um, there, there are two that I can think of where it's, you can almost see his thought process in real time as, 
as he plays the game. I'm pretty sure they got him on player cam for both of these two, which is some kind of unlucky. There's that one <laughs> where he goes up toward the top side bush, thinking the tri bush. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, top side, uh, nearest bush to the, the tier one turret on blue side, and he knows the, the oh yeah champion he's playing against. He knows there's a chance he's in that bush, and that he is going. If he is in that bush, he is going to attempt to kill him. And he steps up. He kind of stands there for a second. He's like, here we go. And he walks up and he gets killed. And it, he just miscalculated, basically. And there's another one in this, uh, This I want to say it was FlyQuest. I could be wrong. I think it was FlyQuest. Did FlyQuest have NAR? Uh, Golden Guardians yeah. did. Or, uh, yeah, it was Golden Guardians. So was, yeah, he was walking through the river. He looks, he stares right at the bush that is outside <laughs> the barren pit. He stares at it. And he's like, here we go. And there's a... He, <laughs> There's there's a pink ward and an R in that bush, and you know what happens, right? You know the rest. Um, so that honestly, it plays badly. It's yeah, bad TV. It mm-hmm. It's bad TV, and I think that's. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's an appropriate way to evaluate a player's full potential. Um, but it is noticeable. It is noticeable. And I think that actually the 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 good the the upside of that, I think that's pretty easily coachable, right? Like I think those are yeah. things where you can play that back and say, next time you stare at that bush, you stop moving, you stare at that bush. I want you to check to see if the flash <laughs> is up and be ready. And if your flash isn't up, go around, take the long road. You know, <laughs> like you could you can have a conversation there. It's so much harder to to try to coach a player on how to lane, right? Yeah. So. I think that's a big one. Other people will say there's more stuff, right? And, I, and this is where I can't represent as well the other side of this argument, just because I'm not seeing the things that other people are seeing. I mean, certainly, like, let's not forget, he had, I think, 70k damage on Azir recently. Like, this dude is good. He does know how to team fight. He has stats that back all of that up, like you've looked up. He does a lot with the gold he has. He earns a lot of gold. He, he can be, uh, you know, an incredibly potent team fighter. We've seen him We've seen him win a lot of fights for us and make a, a lot of critical plays. So, top level damage. Yeah. That's Not important. to mention, he is the change that led to us getting a title. Um, yeah. So, all of that being said, um, I I can understand why people are saying this. I think he looks like his his gameplay is um, notable and not always for the right reasons right now. Um. And that's just kind of the, the rough reality of Observer popping by your, your player cam every once in a while to catch you getting caught out. Yeah. Um, I liked something that Darku said to me earlier because I was, before this podcast, like earlier on in the day, I messaged him because I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to statistically defend Abadaga, but I'm, I like want to make sure I'm being open to my blind spot and being fair and everything. Okay, Darku. And he, and, and he like... He put it this way, and I, I think it's like as close to like a perfect description of what's happening within the team as you can have. And that's do you guys remember how like last split it was always like, oh, we're not putting somebody on carries, we're not carrying through top lane, we're not carrying through top lane, because we we're carrying through bot lane, mm-hmm. right? And what was someday's job during that time? Soak up pressure. Don't give up too much. Don't die. You're not gonna carry. And someday was great at that. Yeah. And, and then now, show up in team fights or split. Yeah, push. show up in team fights. And now that role seems to be in Abadaga's hands more than some days, 
right? Someday is getting put on champions that are more potent. And Abadaga is kind of being the pressure sponge. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is largely left to his own devices. He has, he's getting, he's gotten a little support on who he roams. Not much. I don't think he's gotten a single gank yet. <laughs> there was wondering lock in, I think, but other than that, I don't think he's gotten a single gank. Yeah. Um, it's basically like, Hey, you're going to play by yourself for a while. Right. And just don't give away too much. And he is doing that job very, very well. And, and we are playing more through top lane and we're playing still though less than last split. We're playing a little bit through bot lane. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's been happening. And so di- more diminished role within the team, still delivering good laning stats despite getting hard countered. I don't know. I just, I don't see this as we need to, we have a serious problem that we need to address. I think it's clean up a couple of simple things that I think will happen as time goes on. Yeah. So, and, and I think to, to add a little bit to that, um, I don't think that fans in general, are used to that i mean clearly we know that that's a hard that's a hard um role for fans to understand and appreciate and a lot of that comes from the fact that it it uh if you're not winning games for us it's kind of like what have you done for me lately right if you haven't hard carried us to a win lately tell me again what you do here like why are you on this roster um and you know, I think unfortunately that my, that view of the game can lead to people undervaluing very important contributions that are not just showing up in the, in the, the stat line. Right. Yeah. So that I think is, is, uh, consistent with the past where we have, and you know, I'm not immune from this. We wondered the same thing. And I feel like over time it became apparent to us that, um, you know, we're not not putting somebody on carries because we haven't thought of it yet, right? <laughs> like it's not that. But that was despite a, a, some fan theories. That was an intentional decision <laughs> that we made, and it worked for us, and it won us a championship. So cool and good job. And um, I would say that this feels we don't have to have a mid laner who carries every game. That is fine to not have. Um, and. You know, but it's going to take some. There's an adjustment period there to understanding, like how to be okay with that. I think, and and some people won't be, and they never will be. And that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always going to be a thing. There's always going to be people who you know you can't satisfy them. Nope. Um, but all of that conversation does bring me to another take to sum up the Abadaga discussion, and that's from our old dear friend Palm Tree Fifty One Twenty. Hasn't been on this show in a while, but. His take was, holy, this overreacting is mad from people, man. <laughs> they want Abadaga gone after a couple of weeks. Man, when you a chip, have some respect. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fewer words, that is exactly what we're saying. Yeah. Could, couldn't, have, couldn't have said it any better. So, okay. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, let's kind of shift, you know, for, for the Abadaga discussion to some other things. Starting with uh, Math Geek, who, who had a take about the FlyQuest game. He said, I would rather seen someday on Aatrox or something that he is comfortable on that is fairly safe because mm-hmm. it feels like we got outdrafted. 
Curious what the win rate is for blue side, as it feels like counterpick is OP on top right now. So, someday Aatrox. Does that yield different results than someday NAR? Any, I mean, any belief system there? I think it's, uh, it's, it's always... I, I can't say one way or the other. I think it's really tricky to look at one pick and say if we would have just changed this to that. Um, I mean, clearly that's a that's a, a NAR is a pick that has an important role to play in team fights. Um, so you change that to an Aatrox, it just it, it completely changes the the outlook of the the team in the game. Um, I still think we run into a lot of problems with the Vagar. Like, you know, your Aatrox is going to be pretty well caged in by the Vagar. There's no real ability to move around that. So, um, one one change. I don't know. I think the broader issue there is. I think that our our draft was quite predictable and it seemed like FlyQuest had a pretty good plan that they were able to come up with to respond. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Kale Maldoran, the intergalactic smuggler, said if we are to rely on the top and jungle to win games and not focus on Abadaga or send jungle down to force bot ahead, then we can't have someday play something that is hard to carry with. Nar is great, and his team fight kit is great, but can you carry alone? Nope. I'm sorry, you just can't. I'll say this. Um, during that game, during the FlyQuest game, there was the obvious specter hanging over the whole thing of like Trinomere taking over, right? It's like, okay, okay this Trinomere at some point is just going to be a problem. Closer decided to support Someday a lot, right? Closer was up there like... Basically, like, as soon as Jose Diodo would appear, 30 seconds later, Closer would do the same thing, you know? Yeah. To try and, like, keep things honest and fair between the two guys. When that happened, I was personally surprised because I was like, okay, I've, I just assumed we would kind of call, like, wave the white flag on the top lane and then send our attention into bot lane, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, you know, this is very right. It's like the NAR can't carry by himself, you know? It's like he did have some support. Should we have just forfeited? Like, was Narb maybe a pick to to gracefully lose, or should we have done something different? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that the idea that we we've seen we've seen more play through the top side, and we've seen someday successfully, I'd say, take over more games this split than maybe we're used to. But I don't think we're at the point where that is where we're, I guess to say, like one dimensional. Um, yeah. I think someday will still have an important role to play as a weak side and as a split pusher. Um, I don't think we're at the point now where we need because I still believe our two best looks are closer as carry and FBI as carry. And having someday able to do that, great. That just makes us that much harder to prepare for. But I, I still expect fully that we're going to see compositions coming out where he has a very different role to play. And I, I'm not mad about that. because I think he's great at that. I think that's always yeah. been one of the best, the best things he does. Um, so personally, I, I feel like if that's, if that's the comp we're running, then that's fine. Um, which is a great place to be. I think, you know, if, if we started only putting FBI on like 
supportive picks, that would be a head scratcher for me. You know, Senna constantly. Yeah, just only Senna, or you know, or <laughs> like Karma. You know, just put him on Karma instead. Um, so that would be weird. And the same kind of goes for closer, where I don't love yeah. to see him on like engage junglers. I just he's shown that he can have like a great, Jarvan, right? Like a Jarvan. Like he's shown that he can have great games on those, but I he feel can. like mm-hmm. um he just seems so much more at home on the the carry stuff. So that's my my general sense on that one is I'm not gonna put us in a box where we have to start putting somebody on specific things because I think he's shown that he can play at the whole range. Yeah. Um, Scotty Kulaga asks, how many losses can we accept, quote, it happens, just got to go next, before an actual problem is identified or spoken about? It seems like with our team, losses shouldn't just happen. You want me to start? Sure. <laughs> um, I, think that, I think that in general, I like the spirit of the take because it's like, look, once you're so good, aren't you kind of expected to... to not lose to teams like unless there's some kind of outrageous reason, right? Um, Teams that are obviously inferior. My counter to that is that not only does every team like just lose, like going undefeated is like virtually impossible, but it's also early. And in the early part of the season, there's a lot more what is going wrong diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's totally normal and totally fine. There's what is our read on the meta versus what is the best read on the meta? How can we close that gap? How do we play? What are our strengths with this particular group and this particular set of champions? All that's like, it's sorted out early. So I think like if if you want to ask that question towards the end of a split, I'm much more on board with it. Um, And to this point, it's been two losses. Yeah. And... Both of them could have easily gone the other way. So sometimes you just don't catch the right breaks. I think you don't want to see too many more of these in this split. But to me, it's kind of like how TSM tends to do. Not this, not this year, but you know, other years, right? It's kind of like <laughs> TSM just constantly like drops weird games and their record really isn't that good. And then towards the end of the season, they like ramp back up and then they're a finals contender. Almost right. always, right? right? And I think that I think that's kind of like the natural flow of a of a good persistent contender. It's just there's so much change in the game that it's it's just hard to constantly be the best team. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. <clears throat> I mean, you you definitely don't want to get into the point where it feels like you are, um, like lack of preparation or not taking the game seriously, like. I think of like a G2 in the past where they'll have like their fun games. I don't, I think that G2 is gone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they they can claim that anymore, but like <laughs> that kind of thing I think is um, when it comes, when you start to question like work ethic and how seriously they're taking stuff, then I feel like it becomes more of a problem because that, that kind of thing I think erodes the overall ability of a team to make a deep run. Right. It's like you just don't care that much. So I don't get the impression that we don't care. Um, but certainly you don't want to excuse stuff either. So you don't want to. I guess yeah. the, the most important thing is just that you. You take a step back and you say, well, what do we what do we do wrong here? And if it doesn't feel like if it feels like you're making the same mistakes over and over again. 
obviously that's a problem. Yeah. And do you remember my, my, like my theorem about coaching and team progression is lose early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I've always said I, I want to lose and I want to lose early and get it out of the way. Right. Learn from it and then be better. It's the, it's the NCAA basketball mode of, yeah. Yeah. Preparing for that. So, um, we, (laughs) a take from at fuzzy, but 3000. Good name. On on Twitter. (laughs) Says, I'm not calling for Abba's job when I ask this question, even though I'm not impressed with his performance. There you go. Yeah. Um, do you think that Hunter T could entertain the idea of role swapping tenacity to mid, similar to Fudge? I think tenacity is a great talent, but with General Sniper behind him, my fear is that we would only have tenacity for a year or two before he would be taken over by Sniper. This would allow us to hold on to someday as well, who's been one of our stronger points so far this split. It's actually a much more interesting take than I thought it would be <laughs> with the way it started. Um, I mean, look, I think fudge, the interviews I've heard with fudge, he is, he has not shied away from the fact that there are a lot of champions. He still just isn't comfortable with yet. Um, it's, it's no easy feat to make that happen. I think obviously fudge is uh, an incredibly skilled player. So, um, I think you ought to at least consider it for the reasons you mentioned. Um, I mean, if anything, I don't think it hurts to have like domestic mid lane talent is, is worth its weight in gold. Uh, that is, is now true or has always been true in the LCS. Um, and I, you know, so I think they ought to be, be thinking about it and trialing it. And if he tries it and he's like, no, I hate this and I'm not good at it, then okay, well don't force it. But if he can make that switch, then I don't see any problem with that. Cause right now, the reason I'm saying all of these things, Right now, someday is too good. And I think that is another more immediate problem. You know, General Sniper is a thing <laughs> to think about in years, right? Because that's how long the LCS says he has to, to wait before he can play in the LCS. Um, let alone, you know, he needs to get into an amateur or academy. So, yeah. So maybe that's the play once Abadaga's contract runs out with us. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, if you want to do that, I, ideally, right? Like Fudge being kind of the blueprint here is an interesting one because I, I would guess he would tell you he would do it much differently if he could. Because he hasn't had time to get the reps in. He hasn't had time to grind mid lane champions for as long as he would like to to learn the matchups, to learn some of these really minute intricacies of the kits and how to maximize skill usage and stuff. So if you could get tenacity into that mindset now and say, hey, look, you can continue to, you know, be the understudy for someday in the event that he gets sick, right? Or like yeah. can't make it to a weekend. Sure, you can play. Or you can start grinding mid, you know, and, and see what that's about. Um you it look, would it would be really helpful to know what they do with tenacity right now. Like what is his yeah, exactly like? right. You know? Is he just literally kind of sitting around? Here's the other thing. Abadaga is going to notice if that's happening. So all the stuff that you've talked about, Cole, about six man and what you need to be careful about and how, how the, uh, like you just play that whole scenario back out mm-hmm. in mid. And if you, if you blow that up, good luck. Good luck. Though you could argue it's gone very well in top lane. If you count that as, as what's motivating yes. someday, which I'm not sure I do, but you know, yeah. Someday's playing the best he's ever played since 2018 maybe or maybe even more you know yep. so yeah i don't know 
Um, speaking of six man roster, Glenn E. Taylor asks, what sort of communication or actions are needed to show the six man roster is a legit thing with an actual rollout plan? Maybe a single statement or word <laughs> about it. And, and I look, I'm a trust the Papa permanent guy, right? Like mm-hmm. I am, I'm on board with that. Even though I don't like the six man roster idea, I got the trust. I got, I have the, he knows way more kind of humility. Of course I'm an idiot. He's not. Um, but it does seem like, you know, we've abandoned that. I know we're only three weeks into the regular season, but we've seen one game between lock in and now with tenacity in there. And again, as the split goes on, unless you're out way far ahead, it doesn't seem like you really have those chances to play him. To me, it seems like until they say in an interview that maybe I missed or, or make a video and put it out under these esports Twitter and say, yes, we're still doing the six man roster and this is what we're doing. I'm just kind of assuming they're not really planning on playing him and maybe that'll change. Cool. If it does, I guess, I mean, I don't prefer it, but you know, maybe the plan is more long-term like, Hey, he just needed a little more time to get up to, to go into that. Or maybe they just don't want to throw off someday's rhythm. Like, Hey, we didn't anticipate just how much someday would really respond to this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Cause there's no, there's no indication of what's happening with the six man roster. So yeah. I don't know. You could be for you could be forgiven for not knowing that that was a thing, right? Yeah, um, yeah. If they hadn't if they hadn't mentioned it, you know, before coming into the season, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's a nasty like subbed in for one game when somebody was sick or something. But yeah, that's bad. There, there <laughs> are know. things. There are things. So, um, and just while questions. you're collecting your thoughts, I don't, I don't have any sort of demand that they no. do this. I'm just, no. I'm just saying, unless they do. It just seems like it's dead. Yeah. Here are the questions I have, you know, just as a, I think right now it's just more interesting to, uh, it gives you an indication of, of what the future of the program is going to look like. And I think that, you know, talent decisions are always something that you as a fan have to weigh. Right. So they have made very intentional decisions with tenacity to, we have to assume give him the greatest chance of succeeding in the LCS. My question now is, are you, are you, is he getting more development from the current arrangement than if he were an Academy? Cause he's yeah. not currently getting stage games. Um, and you know, there's all the other things that we don't know. Maybe he's getting scrim time. Like we don't know. Maybe he's, you know, one be wanting someday every, like, you know, there are other things that could be happening that maybe wouldn't be possible. Um, but I think that, you know, from a, like a, a messaging standpoint, it would be helpful to understand what their intent is so that we could evaluate whether or not we think that's being accomplished. Especially when you're like making a bunch of posts showing like young Simba, his future kingdom with General Sniper, right? <laughs> like that, I made that joke on Twitter. <laughs> Because it's like there's there's quite a lot of attention drawn to General Sniper being there for LCS, which is cool, by the way. I yeah. love 
like and i'm i'm assuming they're probably going to do that with all their players you know just like kind of bring them out and do the thing you know with all the amateur players or whatever but certainly they're doing it with him and it's like i haven't seen tenacity in a while man uh but they sure do seem to be setting up uh general sniper for the future which and that's what you got to do i mean you want this kid to sign with you when he's of age right to to actually play academy and then lcs so okay here's what i'll say we're owed nothing they can say nothing that's fine for sure for sure um nor do i feel like it's particularly important at this point in time because i feel really good about someday if someday were really struggling and you know looked looked rough in games then I think you'd have you'd have more questions like, well, don't we have ten- guys? Don't we have tenacity ready to go? Didn't you move him up here to this roster? So you know, but that's not the case. We're owed nothing. Um, nor do I. I feel a particularly urgent need to know more. However, saying nothing is sending a message, and the message it's sending is, uh, we're not we don't have an update for you. <laughs> we have no update. Meanwhile, Gamsu still on the roster, <laughs> like in Academy, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's weird. Um, yeah. I hope some clarity comes out, but again, I don't feel owed that clarity mm-hmm. or anything. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's just, it's, it's kind of an unusual situation and it's, it, it's brought about by the fact that we have stacked so much amazing talent in the top lane. So, yeah. kudos for yeah. having a great problem to have um one more take for the night which i it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like out of left field but it's just for the timing of it all right because because i tweeted out so like you know still some time for takes tonight right for the lcs pod and ethan king said it's easy to overreact after the weekend between lcs and vct and vct so brought valorant in but something feels off in the organization. There seems to be less fire or hunger organizationally since we won LCS. Can this all be chalked up to a title hangover or is it indicative of bigger problems? And then like 20 seconds later, the Valorant announcements for rosters. (laughs) And I actually responded to him. I said, I guess your question is answered now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is good because actually a full I, I would have said, even regardless of what happened with Valorant today, with the release of two brand new players who've been with the team for like, you know, three games or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, I would have still said there's no chance that there the hunger to win is not as strong for the org. In fact, I'd probably say the taste of it made it even stronger for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's just growing pains. And with LCS, like, I don't, to me, it doesn't really, like, things don't feel off with the LCS team. Mm-hmm. They don't. It's just, no. like, we're just, we're still coming into form for this split and yeah. seeing what we get in relation to the meta. But I just, I wanted to put that take out there because it was just, yeah. the timing of it was chef's kiss, right? Yep. Um, I thought you were going to say, I thought the, the take was going to be, is this because Master Roshi is no longer working with the teams? <laughs> well actually so shout out to loyal mod who never watches the show bc who uh who actually said it's just a master roshi diff that's all that needs to be said (laughs) there you go so uh which i'm not convinced either i don't think he was i don't think he was doing anything wrong for him i think he was good to have around but it's like ah that's not what's happening to us okay 
Having said all of that, that brings us to predictions for next week, and then we will get the honk out of here. All right. Jordan, Saturday, we go up against the venerable TSM. Team solo mid. Goodness gracious. Team super mid. One and five on the year. But they did go one and one. They won against Immortals, who took us down. Transitive property, they're better. Mm -hmm. They took a very interesting, entertaining, weird, unlikely loss to C9 as well. (laughs) They made their roster change, right? They've rested Shenyi for a while. Yep. Um, what are you thinking? I think I think we have to beat them. Um, yes, I think we I think we beat TSM. And just a plain vanilla win. Um, I mean, look, they've looked bad. They've looked like a a poor a poorly playing team. And yes, they they at times have seemed to be playing better since they made the changes. Um, C9 also in shambles, uh, question mark. I don't know. So hard to say the read is difficult. I'd say at this point, scouting report is just a bunch of static on a page. Um, so yeah, I think we beat them. All right. Well, that brings it. Oh, I'm sorry. I just need to weigh in myself. I do think we beat them as well. Um, okay. I, I think that they will get better. I really do. Yeah. Yes. I don't think TSM is stuck in this spot for the split or anything like that, but um, I don't think they're going to be there by the time they play us. So I'm also counting that a win for Friday. I think I misspoke and said Saturday, but this is the super week with three games. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Uh, which brings us to the actual Saturday matchup. C9, four and two, uh, minus LS now, minus clarity on what happened. <laughs> I think we can all surmise what happened. Um. They went one and one last week, beating TSM, as I mentioned. But before that, losing to X Hundred Thieves CLG. And looking quite disorganized in the process. Uh, uh yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I I think I think we can beat them. A lot of these takes are are reliant on us learning from this last weekend. And I think we can, and I think we will. Um, and look, I think C9 is, they're now, they'll have like a week between the news and, and not like moments between the news and the game. So I think they'll have stabilized a bit. You know, I still think that we have enough going against C9 to be competitive against them in, at even their top form. I'm going to base my, my prediction on this. Fudge to Travis said that he expects they'll see less of the zany drafting. I was just going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. So I think that that translates to an advantage for us because I think that exactly. the, the zanier get, drafts, I think, have been a bit of an Achilles, Achilles heel for us. Yep. Yep. So I think the exact same thing. So do you think we beat them then? I do. I do too. So I was going to bring up that specific point. We're all vibing on the same page. It means we're going to lose to C9 on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, we take on Dignitas, who lost to the meager Golden Guardians. But Jordan, they won against the mighty, mighty FlyQuest. That's true. Okay. Three and three, this Dignitas <clears throat> squad. Um, I'm going to say we lose to Dignitas because, of mm. course, we... we, ha- we I can't predict a 3 We just got to lose one. <laughs> we just got to lose one. And of these three teams, 
Dignitas is the most likely team for us to play to the level of, and then objective bound. Oh, I am totally trolling. Thank you, Knox and Curly. I'm so sorry. Dignitas actually actually lost to FlyQuest. I'm totally trolling. I'm mm. sorry. That's okay. You're allowed to troll at least once. Per I'm episode. sorry. No, well, I already trolled twice this episode, so this puts me at three strikes. <laughs> oh, I'm no. out. I'm no, long, no longer allowed to talk, unfortunately. Well, what's your prediction? I'll just type it in chat. I'll say it. Okay. <laughs> Cole predicts that we are going to beat Dig. That's the 3-0 weekend from Prophet Cole. You heard it here first, folks. It's you a guarantee. That's a, the kids are all right. The kids are all right. That's quite a... I mean... The 2-0 is quite rare from you, Cole. The 3-0 only happens once in a super weekend. Yeah. I, can I talk now? I mean, you already said the kids are all right, so I thought, you were, I thought you'd moved on. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Unshun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I, I just, I'm like, Dignitas isn't the team that we're going to lose to this weekend if we lose. Mm-hmm. That's just what it feels like, right? Um. There's a there's a fake god angle, you know. <laughs> he beat us once. He did. I think uh, I don't think we lose that again. So, dignitas going down, which brings us to as Knox points out, seven and two first round robin. Wouldn't be mad at that. Wouldn't even be mad at six and three personally. No. So I think that's a very acceptable outcome. There's there's where we are for the upcoming week. <clears throat> so. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, Jordan. We got to get to Friday. Um, it looks like there is not going to be a Valorant pod this week. Um, Schedule-wise, we can't really make it happen this week. We may do some kind of pre-recorded thing, or I don't know. I may, I may just make something to talk about the Valorant situation because of how insane it is. Uh, so stay tuned for that, I guess. Um, as of right now, not going to be Rec League this week as I have... Um, family coming to visit but that may change due to snow forecasts so um i'll I'll also keep you guys updated on that on the twitter so follow us on twitter hang out in our discord be our friends we'd appreciate it all that all those things it'll be a good week i'm excited for a super weekend uh i've been missing friday league it'll it'll feel like the yeah it'll feel like the good old days of of three games a week actually i'm not gonna lie i like to I can't, I can't watch it live. Like I just, I just, it's so rare that I get to watch games live that I don't actually mind just having two games, but, um, you know, we'll be okay. I think we're going to do well this weekend and, uh, assuage a lot of the concerns. And if not, guess what? Lots of great stuff to talk about on the podcast. So we win no matter what, uh, we have to own now that fly quest has us firmly under their foot until further notice. So flight check guys. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. The, we we'll need see a you in the next round, Robin. And, and uh, what, did you say a trophy? Are you yeah. offering a trophy? We, we need to have one a la college football. Pass it back and forth. The old oaken bucket. The old, we need to have the our old, old oaken, oaken bucket. bucket. Yeah. We'll, we'll think about that. <laughs> Maybe we'll use one of the many player of the week trophies that we have. Little we'll, figures. We'll, we'll transfer the, uh, the NFT Jordan to you guys. And you can. Oh, whoa, whoa. Slow down now. <laughs> Not only am I not paying gas fees for that, that's way too valuable. I'm holding that. All right. 
let's get out of here before we say anything else stupid i've done enough saying stupid things on this podcast for quite a while (laughs) guys thank you for being here with us as always we love you and we miss you already take care